Go Your Own Way is brought to you by Overmental.com, the media culture hive mind. Enjoy the adventure. Hi everybody, and welcome to Go Your Own Way, the podcast where we read through stories that have choices, and when we choose them, we read through more of the story, and then we might win or we might lose. But we certainly go a way. We go a way. We we do go a way. Yes. Sometimes multiple ways. <laughs> uh, this is one of your hosts, Peter. Hello. Hello. Hi. And uh, Eric is here as well. Hi. And our guest host, Nick. Hi. Who was with us last time, but is here again. Yep. I traveled through the time to get here. That's right. Again, again for the second one. <laughs> but listen to the first one to figure out what why that makes any sense whatsoever. <laughs> so in our last uh, in our last episode, we played through um, our first book story, which was Choose Your Own Adventure number forty four. You see the future. Um, I have a couple more books that, here that we can play. Um, I'll uh, I read through the descriptions last time, but I'll just do it again for you listeners because. Uh, yeah it may have been a while since you heard this so um, our options are you are invisible in which you find an invisibility cloak and cause mayhem among your neighborhood peoples or something (laughs) and there's also race of the year in which you are a young girl who (laughs) saves the day with a uh, prized racehorse I feel like the racehorse one is the one most likely to give us sort of ridiculously evil villains. That's kind of the impression I got when I was reading the back before I bought it. Well, I mean, as long as we get to beat someone up with a mustache, like a ridiculous looking <laughs> mustache, then it's got to be a victory, right? I think so. In every story, there's two things I really look for, horses and mustaches. <laughs> I, I know we're at least halfway there with this one, so. And uh, what American Pharaoh just won the triple crown, so we're within the theme of our time. That, that is true. Um, so Nick, are you? Are you oh, done yeah. with? I'm uh, going with American Pharaoh. <laughs> okay, yeah. so let's do uh, race of the year, which is uh, choose your own adventure number forty nine. Uh, written by R.A. Montgomery and illustrated by Susan Tang. But since you listeners can't see the illustrations, you can have the illustrations of your mind. <laughs> <laughs> the word imagination was too far. Too far. <laughs> Bridge too far. <laughs> the illustrations of my mind are just all in graphite. That's all it is. It's just yeah. all pencil. It's just pencils, pencil sketches. On line paper. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, and this was published in 1989. Oh. It's a youngin'. Let's see. So there's the read this first page again, but it basically just tells us how to play the book. You know what? I'll, screw it. I'll read through it again. Because it's slightly different. Read this first. Most books are about other people. This book is about you and what happens to you and your Uncle Bill's racehorse, Straight Shooter. Do not read this book from the first page through to the last page. Instead, start at page one and read until you come to your first choice. See, that that misled me last time. <laughs> because I, I did keep reading until the first choice, and it was wrong. They don't say, hey, 
read a page and then see the page number at the bottom for the next one. They misled me. Uh, let's see. Decide what you want to do. Then turn the page shown and see what happens. And when we do that, you listeners will hear a magical turn, page turning sound. Like fairies flying through your... Through your ear uh, holes. Head illustrations. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, when you come to the end of a story, go back and try another choice. Every choice leads to a new adventure. Are you ready to race Shooter in the Kentucky Derby? Then turn to page one, and good luck. There's an illustration of two racehorses here. It's beautiful. Majestic, even. Yes, quite. Just a few more minutes, you say sleepily, as you feel your mother nudging you awake. She nudges again, harder this time. Okay, I'm up, you say, flinging the covers back. You sit up and look around. Then you begin to laugh. It isn't your mother. It's your Uncle Bill's horse, straight shooter. And you're not home. You're on the floor of a horse stall at Churchill Downs. With a twinge of excitement, you remember why you're here. Today is the biggest horse race of the year. It's Kentucky Derby Day, and straight shooter is entered. Hungry, aren't you, shooter, you ask. The horse nods his head and stamps his right front hoof impatiently. Not only is Shooter fast, he's smart, too. I kind of wish he was like Mr. Ed, where he could actually like talk to us. <laughs> Make the story much better. And again, why are our parents allowing us to sleep in a stable? Like, <laughs> Maybe they want us out of the house for the night. <laughs> are we Cinderella? Right. Is that what's happening? We <laughs> really know. have divulged directly into a fairy tale. Stay with the horses tonight. <laughs> <laughs> um, we'll see what we can do. Okay, so Shooter is hungry. We'll see what we can do about that, you say, as you quickly roll up your sleeping bag and get ready <laughs> f- for morning chores. Why is that funny? I'm sorry, I just, I didn't realize that we were actually, like, sleeping in a sleeping bag. I felt like we had just woken up <laughs> in a stable, like, after, like, I don't know, just staying with the animal and being, like, just really anticipating the next day, not... <laughs> I thought maybe we... Sleeping bag, like, covered in hay, trying to stay warm. <laughs> like... And how do you know, maybe we didn't, maybe we just got really smashed last night and we just woke up in a stable with some horse. <laughs> Whose sleeping bag is this? Why does it smell like pee? Oh... <laughs> <laughs> uh... Oh, gosh. That was my first night at Oktoberfest. <laughs> Broke out really drunk and pissed in our tent. Really? Straight up. Oh, my God. We woke up in the morning. We're like, why is it all wet? <laughs> oh, God. Unacceptable. Terrible. Unacceptable. Just terrible. No. Yeah. Especially in a tent. You right? At least get outside. Oh, God. Like, pee on the ground. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, word of advice to you listeners out there. As you groom straight shooter's glossy brown coat, you think about how far the horse has come in just a few short years. Shooter didn't look much of a racehorse when Uncle Bill first brought him home. He was just a year old and small for his age. Then Shooter started to grow, just like your uncle predicted. (laughs) (laughs) No kidding. The horse is going to get bigger, huh? Uh, Fred Grady, 
a famous racehorse trainer and an old friend of your uncle's came out of retirement to train him. Uh, from the first train him in uh, kung fu. <laughs> from the from the first day shooter arrived, you have been his stable hand. Every day you muck his stall, brush his coat, feed him oats, and watch him train. Right from the start, you knew Shooter was a winner. Today is his chance to prove it. There's only one problem. Some of the other racehorse owners are jealous. Fred Grady has heard a rumor that someone is going to ruin straight Shooter's chances. You know there are many ways to hurt a horse or just keep him from running well. Every night since, you've stayed right in Shooter's stall to keep watch. See, there we go. Oh, okay. There's our motivation. So we're paranoid and competent in injuring racehorses. That's a good good start. You cut off the little valve. (laughs) Right. That that lets all the air out of their hooves. You cut off the valve stem. (laughs) How's our friend doing today, Uncle Bill asks, poking his head over the stall. Great, you reply, as you finish laying down fresh bedding. Shooter looks up from his oats and whinnies hello. Moments moments later, he whinnies again when Fred Grady appears. Everything okay last night, Fred asks. Yep, not a thing out of the ordinary, you reply. Fred begins to ask you a question about Shooter's appetite when he is interrupted by the loudspeaker system. All owners and trainers report to Racing Committee headquarters in five minutes. Attention. All owners and trainers to racing committee headquarters in five minutes. Time to pick our starting position, Uncle Bill says and smiles. Whatever you do, don't take your eyes off Shooter, Fred warns. We've made it this far. We only have a few more hours to go. Don't worry about that, you answer. Shooter snorts and waves his head as if he agrees with you. The two of them leave. You see the free time... Oh, sorry. You use the free time to polish your riding boots. Shooter quietly munches some hay. Fifteen minutes pass, then twenty. When a half hour has gone by, there's a sudden sharp knock at the door of the stall. A tall man enters. He's wearing a suit. Are you related to Bill Kirkpatrick? He's my uncle, you answer. He's had an accident in the parking lot. He was hit by a car. Fred Grady wants you to go in the ambulance. He'll come back to stay with the horse. The man announces. A man in a suit is going to stay with our horse. Is it pinstriped? Did I miss that? <laughs> uh, from the illustration, it does appear to be. I think. <laughs> oh. Gangster. Gangster. <laughs> is he carrying cannolis? <laughs> <laughs> um, one of his hands is off the edge of the page, so he might be. We'll, we'll assume that he is. <laughs> Hit by a car? Is he hurt badly? You cry? They're not sure. The ambulance will be here any minute, the man answers. You are about to do as the man asks. When you do remember Fred's words, whatever you do, don't take your eyes off Shooter. So... Ride Shooter out. Right? <laughs> let's, let's do an ambulance chase on a horse. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, if, if he is that good, he can keep up with that ambulance for a while. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it shouldn't have to be an either-or situation here. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, let's see. So we can decide to go to our Uncle Bill, or we can stay and wait for Fred. Waiting. I'm waiting as well. I mean, they're just letting me sleep in this place in a sleeping bag next to a horse. And they think that's okay. Like, they think that's normal. (laughs) That is a normal thing that, I don't know, a girl, teenage person should be doing (laughs) with their life. 
And they're like, and they're like, you know what? We heard bad things about the horse, but we're gonna let you stay here by yourself and watch the horse while we go out and uh, drink or something. For the right. Next three hours. They didn't give us a gun. Yeah. <laughs> they didn't give us a gun. <laughs> Someone tries to get love. in here, shoot the horse. It's true love. I Ditch mean... your children, but if you give them a gun, that's how you show you trust them. Well, don't you want one of those like walking out on the porch, firing the shotgun that's too big for you to tell the banker to go away moments? <laughs> I've always wanted one of those. I feel like that'd be fun. Yeah. Yeah. I tell you what, if I don't pay back all my debt, I'll let you have one of those moments. <laughs> Just sitting on the porch with a rocking chair waiting for the debt collectors to come. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. So are we gonna are we gonna stay and wait for Fred? I think so. Alright. I'm sorry, but I have orders to stay with Shooter. I can't leave. And I'm sure my uncle would agree with me, you tell the man. If he could, you add in a quieter voice. The man turns red in the face and begins to laugh. I was just kidding. Your uncle hasn't been hurt. Oh, jeez. What the hell? He's a great friend of mine. He's always bragging that you won't let Straight Shooter out of your sight. I just wanted to check for myself. Say hello for me when he returns. (laughs) The man laughs, tapping you on the shoulder with a rolled up program. But what's your name, you ask? The man doesn't seem to hear you and hurries off. I'll just call him Mr. Cannoli. Mr. Cannoli. <laughs> what a weirdo, you think, with a shrug. A few seconds later, Uncle Bill and Fred had returned. They're both excited. Uncle Bill picked a great starting position in the lottery, number five. Why don't you have a walk around while there's still time? Jose is supposed to show up around ten to give Shooter a warm-up, Uncle Bill says. Jose is Shooter's jockey, and this is his first time riding in the Kentucky Derby. You've actually wanted to take a look around. There are a million things to see, and the race grounds are already getting crowded. Then you remember, oh, some friend of yours stopped by. He said to say hello, but he didn't leave his name. Leave out all of the important information. (laughs) (laughs) Said you got hit by a car. Right. Obviously lied. No, don't mention that. He was eating cannolis he didn't share. It's true. Fuck He'll probably stop by later, Uncle Bill says cheerfully. Now, you go have a good time, he says, pressing a few dollars in your hand. What? We're so paranoid about someone injuring the horse that we're allowing a teenage girl slash preteen girl to sleep in a barn. But when a suspicious friend comes by, everyone's like, oh, I'm sure it'll be fine. The hell? Yeah. Well, see, like I said, they're probably drinking, so they don't care at this point. Right. <laughs> like, well, oh, I mean, yeah, we're going to win. It's the 80s. You could still get laudanum in the 80s, right? Probably high on the laudanum. Uh, you suddenly realize how hungry you are. You want to get something to eat. Maybe a cannoli. But you'd also <laughs> like to check out the other derby entries and jockeys. Ooh, we can check out the jockeys. Yeah. Um, Whoa. Because those people who are about the same size as a preteen girl. No, that's true. <laughs> yeah. They are tiny. So we can go get breakfast, or we can look at the other derby horses. Which presumably also includes the uh, jockeys. Food or ogling? Ogling. Yeah. Yeah, alright. I've never been a breakfast person anyway. Ogling. Yeah, same. Yeah. I like, like breakfast, I just like it at two. Yeah, well... <laughs> 
Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Plus, I mean, how much of an appetite do we have when we woke up like in a bunch of horse shit? True. Just saying. It's probably true. We could have ate some hay. There's going to be some oats <laughs> around. <laughs> if you pour hot water on it, it just becomes oatmeal, right? Right. Yeah. And it's just a super healthy meal. I mean, here in Boulder, I feel like I could convince like at least 50% of the people here to eat that as a diet. <laughs> it's probably true. You'd have to tell them which farm it specifically came from, though. Mm-hmm. And then tie it to like some sort of like paleolithic, paleolithic beliefs or something. I fucking hate the paleo diet. <laughs> It's so fucking terrible. Yeah, it's my favorite. Oh, it makes me so mad. It's like, yeah, let's take the advice of people who lived till they were 30. Yeah. <laughs> 30's the <laughs> lifespan. We should totally eat like them. Like, great decision. They were five feet tall and they lived to 30 because they had a shitty diet. Let's do that. Oh, for <laughs> sake, people, come on. I never thought of it that way. That's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> and on that note, yeah, we decided to skip breakfast. We're not even eating <laughs> Right. We're we're breathitarians. Yes, exactly. real thing. By the way, what? I don't doubt that. <laughs> the dude who came up with it loves cheeseburgers. <laughs> People Good die time. following his breathitarianism bullshit, and he eats cheeseburgers. But let's go ogle some jockey ass. Uh, you de- you decide to look at the other horses first and eat later. You walk along the stalls and peer inside. Certain prince looks overexcited. Jump up is foaming too much after her workout. Desperate devil snorts regaling as you press as you pass. He's shooter's biggest competition. Of course, they have to make it like the devil, like an evil horse. You are on your way to the next block of stalls when a jockey you don't recognize runs up. Are you related to Bill Kirkpatrick, he asks eagerly. Yes, he's my uncle, you reply. They're looking for you. Jose Verdi has got has gotten ill. They need you to ride, he tells you. <laughs> what? Too much laudanum last night. <laughs> Me? Yeah. Me? To ride in the Kentucky Derby, you cry? Sounds a little too good to be true. It no, does. no, I'm gonna win this. I'm gonna put this on my resume for later. I was once a teenage girl who won the contestant. <laughs> I would like to say earlier, though, that I did point out we are approximately the same size as the jockeys. It's true. Boom. It might be coming around. Mm-hmm. You run back to Shooter's stall. Two members of the racing committee are deep in conversation with Fred Grady. Have you heard your uncle calls as he runs up? We need you to ride Shooter in the race. Jose is sick. <laughs> but I've never raced before, you say, looking up nervously at your uncle. We know that, but you're a good rider, and Shooter knows you better than anyone else, even Jose. It's gonna be fine. Don't worry about it. <laughs> you're a good rider. Don't worry, it's the biggest race ever. <laughs> of all time. It's like handing a NASCAR card as someone and being like you're a good driver to the 13 year old it's gonna boy. be fine yeah to like one of those kids who are still in like the little barbie cars right. yeah, just imagining like you're hopping from that to nascar <laughs> right it's what you're doing right you're like okay then that was a terrible <laughs> idea i mean let's fred- do it no, yeah oh for sure <laughs> fred thinks it's too late to substitute a strange rider he doesn't think shooter would like it Fred feels you are our best shot. Okay, you nod, barely realizing what you're about to do. 
you quickly head off to dress and register for the race. Although you're only a kid, few of the jockeys are taller than you. <laughs> Small jockeys mean the horse has less to carry. Sure enough, Jose's racing silks fit you like a glove. This, that makes me wonder what other clothes of ours Jose has tried on. <laughs> a few jockeys tease you, but you don't have time to notice. What are they teasing us about? Why was it written down? If we didn't notice, and it's a first-person book, then... Well, it says you don't have time to notice, so I guess you just ignore it. Oh, okay. Rather than <laughs> kicking them in the nuts. <laughs> Rather than starting fights with your competition <laughs> to potentially injure them before the fight. They're being dickbags. <laughs> well, he was being a dickbag, so I stabbed him in the leg. <laughs> no, my fault he lost the race after that. Right. <laughs> Should be a dickbag before the race. <laughs> uh. <laughs> Fred meets to discuss strategy with you. You've got a perfect starting position, he's, he begins. Shooter would jump out in front. That's his habit. Head immediately for the inside of the track. Ride him at his own speed for the first mile. Start to put the pressure on as you round the last post. Do you understand? I'll do my best, you reply, trying to sound confident. You have less than an hour before the race begins. The press has heard of the news, and everyone is dying to get a scoop on the child jockey. Fred and Uncle Bill do their best to keep the reporters and spectators away so you can relax a little. The time passes quickly. Before you know it, you are weighing in, carrying straight shooter's saddle. A stable hand from another stable helps hoist you into it and adjust the stirrups. You look around at the crowd. Suddenly you remember a day last month when you were riding shooter across an open field. You flew like the wind. All we have to do today is what we did that day, shooter, you whisper. The horse whinnies in reply. Can you imagine what that's happening with the books right now? Like a last minute replacement of a jockey to a little teenage girl. Right. Like there's just a bunch of people like holding books around the world with guns to their head, just like, oh crap. (laughs) Everything has gone wrong at this moment. (sighs) Oh the people betting on the race would be going nuts. Like, there'd be a riot. <laughs> like, yeah. are you kidding me? You put an untrained little girl on top of that horse and just let her the free go. <laughs> just let the horse ride alone. Just throw it out there. Maybe it'll go the right direction. It's cool. Right. <laughs> the, the procession to the starting gate moves quickly. People yell your name and shout good luck from the sidelines. One by one, the horses are placed in the narrow starting gate. You watch carefully as the last horse slips into place. A loud bell rings and a voice booms, and they're off. Sure enough, just as Fred predicted, Shooter breaks away. You head toward the inside track. The sound of dozens of hooves pounding earth fills your ears. Come on, Shooter, you yell, leaning even tighter into his back. As if by magic, uh, he puts on an extra burst of speed. We weren't supposed to burst the speed into the post. (laughs) In the last stretch, he just collapses and dies. (laughs) I'm done. Too much blood in in your horses. And you're trampled by everyone else. Oh, God. (laughs) The two of you pull away from the pack. By the time you run the last post, you are a full two lengths up. 
Seconds later, Shooter crosses the finish line in first place. You are the youngest jockey in the history of horse racing to win the greatest race of them all in the Kentucky Derby. The end. And the only woman. I'm pretty sure. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Forget about the fact that we're the youngest. Are there are there even any women jockeys? I don't know horse racing at all. So. I, I imagine there are. I would be really surprised if there weren't. I mean, there's gotta be, right? I mean, so like, how many female NASCAR drivers are there? A couple. Right, there's, there's a, a couple. There's but... a few. Uh, two, I think. Yeah, right. <laughs> but then at the same time, like, how many cars like race in NASCAR whereas like how many horses yeah. are allowed in these top races you get like eight? Yeah. Like ten? Something like that. So You know what? I watched a documentary on jockeys about a year ago, and I feel like there was a female jockey. There was one. There was at least one. And that was Maybe, like was you know, this girl grown up after the eighties. Right. <laughs> That was like low level, like local horse racing, though. Like, uh, it wasn't. Yeah. Someday we'll make it to the Kentucky Derby. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, not even someday I'll make it to the Kentucky Derby. One day someone's going to get sick. They're going to throw me a double horse. Right. <laughs> Gosh. Um, I feel like that took long enough where we don't really need to go back. There weren't really any other big decisions that. I mean, at least that I felt. Maybe you guys. Will, will, I feel like every other decision we could possibly make is going to end up with the horse being dead, and that I don't know if I want to do with that. I might cry a little bit. Yeah, I mean, taking away the Kentucky Derby from him and the youngest jockey in the history of the Kentucky Derby to win. Yeah, I feel like you know, letting a young teenage girl win the Kentucky Derby is a good way to end the story. There. Yeah. Yeah. I thought there was going to be a lot more of that being about like people trying to to mess with the horse, but it basically it was just the one cannoli guy, and that was it. Yeah. <laughs> the one guy's like, hey, your relatives died. Yeah, just kidding. I'm an old Just kidding, I'm Bye. his best friend. Bye. <laughs> Great strategy. Man, I seriously remember these being, like, frighteningly more difficult. I, honest to God, remember using toilet paper once, and it turned out to be mummy wrappings, and the mummy killed me. Oh my god! <laughs> yeah, these these the, these ones. I have a couple of other ones that are longer, and I presume older for older kids. Uh, but the, these other these ones are pretty short, and they seem for younger audiences. So, and they're just designed to teach you about stranger danger. That's it. <laughs> yeah, stranger comes up to you, asks you to leave. What do you say? No, stranger danger. Don't trust strangers, <laughs> and trust your concussion visions. Yes, exactly. Uh, so again, if you listeners uh, want to pick up this book for probably really cheap, uh, this is the Choose Your Own Adventure number 49, Race of the Year by R.A. Montgomery. If you go ahead and buy this book and find a different ending and you want to tell us what happened, you can tell us on Facebook at facebook.com slash G-Y-O-W podcast, which stands for Go Your Own Way the name of the podcast which you can type into itunes in the podcast section and when you see us in the list you can click subscribe and then we'll automatically get downloaded to your apple device of some kind or i guess maybe your pc as well because itunes works that way yeah but fuck itunes on your pc (laughs) yeah well (laughs) if you're running windows yeah yeah no oh god it's awful 
I'm pretty sure they programmed it to be, like, slow. <laughs> They've actually just programmed it to be annoying as crap. They're just like, hey, guess what? Just randomly access memory, just randomly large amounts of it, and then close <laughs> it down once you actually open up. Just just to slow everything else down that's going on. Well, if you if if you listeners are using a PC and you don't want to experience that, um, you can go to overmental.com and find our podcast there, uh, among other podcasts and other news articles and stuff there as well. Or you can, I guess, you could just download the MP3s from our RSS feed and keep them in your uh, media player of choice. Yeah. All right. Well, <laughs> we're gonna end it now. <laughs> Thanks for joining us, uh, Nick. Yeah, it was a pleasure. Maybe I'll I'm be glad. here again, but probably not, in all honesty. Well, <laughs> if you're not, you, oh, best of luck. If you're not here in voice, you'll be here as a listener. That I we, will be. We'll be speaking to you mm-hmm. instead, of, instead of with you. Alright. Bye. Bye! For more original podcasts, videos, and pop culture news, visit Overmental.com. Thanks for listening.